Welcome to All You Need to Know, the show where you hear about everything and learn about nothing. Here are your hosts, Quinn Eaton and DJ Pig. Welcome to episode 77 of AYN2K. The number is climbing up every single week. Isn't that crazy? We, we do an episode, and then we go to a higher number. It's unbelievable how that works. Uh, but my name is Quinn Eaton. DJ Pig is not with us in studio today. Instead, all the way, not from New York, but from Virginia, correct? Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. All right, that is, that is correct. Isaac Bayer. Isaac, how are you doing? I'm, I'm great. It's great in Virginia sometimes. Only sometimes, apparently, right? Sometimes, yes, sometimes. Well, like 70% of the time, like 50% of the time, maybe. Interesting. Okay. Well, I mean, I know, I think everyone's probably familiar with, you know, the Virginia Cavaliers. Uh, the, you know, the, are, are there a lot of Virginia Cavaliers fans around you? I don't even know what that is. Sure, sure. Okay. Well, then let's just move on right. because, Isaac, you've you've stopped in uh, the AYN2K studio. I can't remember the last time that you were on, uh, but it might have been the Christmas Story episode, right? Christmas? Was it that long? I don't Maybe know. I, I'm not entirely sure, but you've you've stopped in multiple times. Uh, you, you've always been the guy that just kind of fills in uh, for for you know DJ if he's not here, if he's on probation, if he's in jail, uh, anything that happened like you know when, whenever he can't be here, he did you're go always to jail the main one guy. Point, didn't he? Yeah, he did, and we kind of kept that under wraps, and I kind of forgot about that. Uh, I was probably not right, supposed to say that. You just told everybody just now. That's okay. And will you will you edit that out? No. Adam, no, I will not because this is no. basically all right. So people are thinking maybe that I we go through, uh, you know, our editing staff like looks at the episode and, and takes things out, maybe puts things in. We're basically doing everything off the cuff. There is not a lot that is that is not you know it's basically a live podcast really, uh, except of course we record it, so it's not live. Does that make sense? That makes. Perfect sense. Okay. It's live, but it's not live. It's just a recording. It's raw. That's, you know, that's the best. It's a that, live recording, though. That's true. It's just a raw podcast. You know, is is that is that appropriate to say? Oh yeah, very raw. Very raw. Very raw. Yes, exactly. And we've got medium rare plus. No, no, it's rare. no. It's very rare. Exactly. And we've got an interesting topic. Uh, neither of us are, I don't know, experts on this topic, but both of us have shown interest, right? I mean, this is something that I think both of us are interested in, uh, and, and I think that this is going to be a very, we usually, of course, uh, you know, we, we talk about a topic for about 30 minutes, uh, and we're usually very serious, uh, occasionally something funny happens, and that's okay, you know, we don't edit it out and or anything. that's just by chance. Yeah, that's no, just by chance. absolutely by chance. We sit here very every single serious. week, and we have super serious conversations, uh, and then we also try to gather, you know, gather some interest of the audience and allow them to take, uh, the, you know, the topic and talk about it further. Uh, do you do you remember what we what we usually do? We say that we cover the topic to about. That's right, about five percent, ninety five percent, and then we let the audience take that last five percent. You got a little switched right. up there, okay. but that's perfectly yeah, fine. Yeah, that's right. Um, we sometimes it feels like you talk about five percent. Yeah, well, you're because that's the thing. You've been on the podcast multiple times, but you're also an avid listener, correct? Oh yes, absolutely, yes. absolutely. Right, and so I appreciate... Number one fan. Number one fan, uh, which I'm sure that Stanley Round wouldn't be right happy. Right under Stanley Round, perhaps. Yeah, exactly. That's a good point. I was about to mention old Stanley Round, that little rascal. He sends us an email. Listen to this, Isaac. Nah, he sends rascal. us an email every single week, just basically giving us a score. We don't ask him to do it. He sends us an email and says, uh, this week's episode was subpar, 
B minus or something like that. And he gives us a grade. And, you know, of course, we take that feedback because we love it uh, and it makes our, makes our podcast better. Uh, but we didn't send him an email saying, hey, Stanley, we need someone to send us feedback. Uh, will you please be that guy? He just did it because I guess he's interested and wants to. And he stumbled upon the, the podcast on accident. So it's just kind of funny how that worked out. I like that. What what's the what's the average what's the average score that Stanley gives you? Uh, well, that's funny that you ask because I just started an Excel sheet to keep up with that, and uh, I converted the, really? the letter grade system into a decimal, like out of a hundred. And so our average right. our average score out of a hundred, uh, based based on Stanley Round's reviews, is seventy seven. So he's a he's a pretty hard critic. Either that, or we're not a very he's good a podcast. Hard- He's a critic. Yes, he's very critical, and he breaks it down. And most of the time, he's he's like pointing out little things, like Quinn, you mispronounced this word, and DJ, you stuttered at you know minute mark this, and we're just like Stanley, come on, give us a break here, okay? We're we're just trying our best. Wow, but Stanley's a little uh, he's raw himself, if I could go ahead and say that. But Stanley, if you're listening, we appreciate you. Oh, very raw here. Yes, yeah. we appreciate. I agree with that. We appreciate everything that Stanley does. Uh, but Isaac. I know that you're maybe a little frustrated because we don't we don't talk about the topic enough, and we're sitting here and we haven't gotten into the topic. So, do you think it's about time that we kind of dive into this topic? We always like to get a bird's eye view of the topic, so we might as well start, right? Just get our beaks and just wet them and slosh them around in that topic. How's that sound? Oh yeah, I like the sound of that. All I right. love getting the beak wet. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, I love getting a, a good beak wet. Beak wet. Excuse me. Uh, but we're gonna jump into. Episode 77 of AYN2K, and today's topic is minimalism. All right, minimalism, Isaac. Where do we want to start with this? I mean, do you have do you have any idea uh, besides the guideline that I emailed you? Do you do you know where we should start? Uh, I think we should start. I think it's always with, effective to start with a definition. Wouldn't that's you say? exactly you took the words right out of my mouth. Okay, so for the people that are listening and they say minimalism, you know, I've heard it, I understand it. Do you have your notes pulled up, perhaps? The ones that I was uh, I was sent. Yes, of course. So the yes, ones. I do. All right. of course. So I for do. those people that are just a little lost on the whole idea of minimalism, why don't you read them uh, the basic definition of minimalism and maybe some other stuff uh, in that first paragraph there. Okay, yes, I'll read this off word for word. Sure. Minimalism. All about living with less. It includes less financial burdens, such as debt and unnecessary expenses uh, for many minimalists. The philosophy is about getting rid of excess things and living life based on experiences rather than worldly possessions. That is perfectly put. Isaac, I I don't know who wrote those notes. But that sounds fantastic, and they did a fantastic job of articulating yes, what minimalism very is. very well worded. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, and I apologize because uh, I remember I sent you that email, and it had to go through in like three or four emails because the notes I sent you, what, was it like 19, 20 pages, right? So they all couldn't it go was, on Yeah, email. it was close to that, yeah. They wouldn't let you send So we've got one. a lot of research here on minimalism, and that's why we're really excited to talk about it, I think. Um yeah, minimalism is simply living with less. Like it includes, you know, having you know less material things, uh, and with that comes less debt, less unnecessary expenses. I mean, it's actually it's actually a rather interesting lifestyle uh, because I think a lot of people. I mean, the average American, of course, would be the opposite of a minimalist. Uh, I don't know if there's such a term as a materialist, 
but I think that I, you know, based on the possessions that I have, I would be a materialist. What would you would you classify yourself as? I would think yes to some degree, but you know, also you, you know, when I'm moving around so much, it's hard to collect a whole lot of things. You That's know? true. Okay, you just can't. it's very interesting because uh, you know, I I for one, I I went to school in Benton, Kentucky, and then I you know went to I'm going to college in Murray, Kentucky, 30 minutes away from where I grew up. So for the most part, I'm all still pretty close. But you were almost forced into possibly a minimalist lifestyle because you uprooted your life uh, here from Benton, Kentucky, moved to New York, now you're in Virginia. Uh, what is it like, you know, maybe maybe having to leave some things behind and, and live with less? Because this is kind of interesting how this worked out. It's, um, it's nice, you know. To some degree, it's nice. There's, you know, there's good, there's ups and downs to everything, sure. right? Yeah. Like sure. I enjoy not having a lot of stuff. When I moved to New York, you could, I've packed everything I owned that I had in my car, right? And so, wow. just, you know, dropped the back seats and filled it up on the in the back. And I think you know what I'm saying. I think for a lot of people, uh, just just saying, okay, pack everything that you want to in your car, and that's all you can take. That's all you can live with. A lot of people would take that and say, wow, I don't know if I'll be able to do that. But there's actually two guys which are which consider themselves the minimalist, uh, which is kind of what inspired me to maybe make this a topic. Uh, these two guys, the minimalist, they can they call themselves the minimalist. Ryan Nicodemus and Josh Milburn. Uh, they've got a website. They've got a couple books. They have a documentary on Netflix. It's called Minimalism, uh, a documentary about life's important things and or the most. They're important the sponsors things. for today's episode. Now I would Shout love out to them. Yeah, I would love to say that they are they're officially paying you at least two thousand dollars. Mm, yes. Well, that that is some compensation that I probably will not see. Uh, but okay. in spirit, they are the sponsor of this episode. Yes, that is that is correct. Okay. I'm glad you I'm glad you brought that up. But these guys. That's nice. Is uh, there a, is there a real sponsor to this video? No, we don't. We still don't have a sponsor. And thank you for pointing that out, Isaac. I mean, I'm tr- I'm out here, you know, busting my ass every week trying to get this podcast out, and here you are just criticizing me. I don't want to be berated on my own podcast. Okay. Are you all right? Are we good to Yo, keep moving? No, that's it's fine. Yeah. Okay, sure, sure, sure. All right, so these guys, the minimalists. My apologies for the record. No problem, Isaac. I I forgive you, and everyone else forgives you, I'm sure. The minimalists, Ryan Nicodemus and Josh Milburn, okay? These are two stories. Yeah, yeah, Nicodemus. That's a strong name, isn't it? Sounds good. Rolls off the tongue, right? Really rolls off the tongue. Nicodemus. Yeah, who's Demas? Nicodemus. Nicodemuses, yes. Anyways, so here, here's the deal. These two guys are minimalist. They dropped, They at one point in their lives, they, were, of course, were not minimalist. But now these guys go around the country and they talk about their lifestyle, how it changed their life positively. And these two guys basically live, all of their possessions are can go into one duffel bag. Isn't that, like, that, I think, because I was, I was bringing up the point, it took me a while to get to that, but I said, wow, you had to pack up all of your stuff in your car, but these guys pack up everything into one bag. Everything that they own is in one bag. That's impressive. In boot camp, we had those the same way. I'm just trying to draw some comparisons here to my own experiences. Right. In boot and camp, they said, okay, you know, here's your items, and you're supposed to be able to fit it all into one large bag. And I kind of unintentionally, uh, before, before doing this podcast, before starting it, I was like, okay, I'm just going to have Isaac on, and I feel like this is a, probably something that we could talk about. But I kind of forgot that part of your life has, you know, at least the the later parts of it where you've had to move to New York and then maybe move from New York to Virginia. Like these parts of, like, you've, I'm sure you've had to leave things behind in that process. And so it's kind of interesting to have you on oh, the yeah. topic about this. Because, you know, these two guys, the minimalists, uh, they go around and preach that, 
you don't need to have these material things and that people value material items. Um, and I think it's super easy. I think it's incredibly easy to value material items because that's that's basically all, all we have. Like you look around, like if you have if you have a book, that's a material item. Like this laptop that, that both of us are using, those are material items. There's things that we think that we need, and you know, air quotations, uh, think that we need, of course. Um, but I, at the end of the day, there are wants. Like if you look at it from a minimalist point of view, uh, you don't need everything that you have. Uh, and it's just kind of, I don't know, valuing material items, how do you, how do you think that, you know, maybe as, as a, as a singular person, then maybe even as, as a whole, like this country, the United States, I think would be probably considered, uh, you know, to be valuing material items. How do you think we have uh, gotten to that mindset? I just think it's, it's, you know, it's comfortable living life with a lot of things is comfortable, right? Like the mm -hmm. computer that we're using right now, technically you really don't need the, I mean, if for some things in school, you know, it's. Sometimes, I guess technically you don't need it, but right, because there's a library and you can go to the library sure. and, and and find what you need. But the but the the degree of of ease mm -hmm. and and comfortability for everything, you know, not for just for school, but in your whole life. Yes, it's so much higher with these things, right? It's like you know, being a minimalist can't be easy. No, I bet it's not even fun. Well, and I think it's an interesting idea, but I but I could never see myself doing it just because it's. It's it's a little it would be, uncomfortable. It would be in, extremely uncomfortable. But these guys talk about and preach that as soon as you commit yourself to this decision, then it, it becomes a lot easier. Like it's it's definitely a commitment. Like it's not something that you can just try for a couple weeks and then like a diet, like a Jenny Craig diet or something. You don't just try it for a couple weeks and then you give up on it. Like this is something which of course I'm sure there's people that have tried to go into this minimalist movement and they said I can't do this. Like I, I have to have these these things. Like I, and it, and for me I don't know if I'd be able to uh, because these guys got rid of everything. Like they I'm sure they had you know nice nice homes, nice uh, things, and they said okay I need these shirts. I need, you know, this this stuff. I need two pairs of shoes. Like, very simple necessities. Like, they, they stripped it down to the bare necessities, okay? And that's all they have, and that's all they live off bare of. Bare necessities. The simple bare necessities. Is that the Jungle Book? There you go. Yeah, that is the Jungle Book. Yeah. I like that. I like what you did there. Have we made... I feel like I feel like I was a little deja vu. I don't know if we've made a, a Jungle Book reference before, but I, I feel like we probably have. I'm not entirely sure. However... We're not talking about the Jungle Book. Strange. We're not talking about Deja Vu. We're talking about minimalism. No, but however, one could argue that the Jungle Book is indeed minimalism. There's not much more minimal you can go than living with like a loincloth in the jungle. Mm, okay, that's a good point. And I thought you were going more of the long, along the lines of uh, having the Jungle Book on DVD is a necessity. I thought you were going to say that maybe if you were going to become a minimalist, you would have you would pack two pairs of shoes, uh, two shirts, two pairs of pants, and the Jungle Book. But uh, you went a different route, and that's perfectly fine. But there's something about material items, uh, you know, just like having a lot of clothes. Like I'm sure, I, you know, in my in my case, I've got way too many T-shirts. I've got way too many pairs of shorts. I've got all kinds of. I have an excess amount of things. But like you said, it's a comfortable life. Like it, these things that I have have allowed you know me to ease myself uh, and, and just kind of live life more comfortably. Whereas I I don't really know how it would be if I had less. You know, and that's the thing about minimalism right. is you're living with less, and that thus you know it grants you a life with more uh, because it you know. It, Do you think those people? Oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I'm sorry. What were you going to say? Do you think those people enjoy 
doing that? Well, Having I mean, they enjoy only, it. Like the, they enjoy the, it enough to go around the country and tell other people about it. They they've invested a lot into their their company. I don't know if it's necessarily a company, but they like I said, they have a website. They have books that they've written together. Uh, they have the documentary. Like they they clearly have experienced this life, and not just these people. There are a ton. There's a large minimalist movement. Whenever you watch the documentary, you realize that there are a lot of people that are either studying minimalism, participate in minimalism. It's something that. A lot of people, I think, find uh, enjoy like they enjoy it. It's a it's a lifestyle where they give up things that they don't necessarily need, and then they realize that hey, you know what? I can live without those things, and it's just very interesting because, you know, like I said, we as a society we value material items, and part of part of the reason why we do that is I think the advertising that comes out. Like I mean, we we sit and we're constantly berated, we're constantly thrown, uh, hey, you need to buy this. You need to buy this. Oh, here's a new, you know, iPhone. Here's a new laptop. You have to buy this every single year. Uh, it's it's a, it's a fatigue because it seems like as soon as you buy this new phone, uh, two months later the new the newer version comes out, and so we're constantly you know sitting there and these advertisements are flowing in like hey you need to buy this mm -hmm. and so that's why we start racking stuff up because we are you know we I guess we are deceived because we think that we need all these things but we really don't. Would you say that advertising has a big well, part of minimalism? Yeah, but I think it's it's not just the advertising. I mean, the advertising is a lot of why that is, but, you know, it's like, it's just the way that Western culture is, you know what I'm saying? Right, right. Like, Western culture in, in general has, you know, like in the, like in the, in the, I know this is going to be good sounding weird, but like in the 1900s, right? Sure. Or like, or I'm talking like early, like, like 1890, you know? Like, they're putting child labor laws in, you know, like, there's a lot of machines getting made, right? Like, the middle class. That was, like, the when the middle class mm -hmm. came out, right? Yes. So, people had money and, like, entertainment, right? But back before that, all you did was work. It wasn't, you know what I'm saying? You had what you needed, and then you just worked. And then, you know, in, like, the 10s and 20s, you know, entertainment, like, sports, like, football and baseball, right? Started becoming a thing. Do you and, think you know, in the 50s and the 60s, you know what I'm saying? Like, it just progressed, it progressed from everybody working all the time to people enjoying and appreciating, you know, like, entertainment and leisure. And then it, you know, just kept growing. Like, it didn't stop, right? And it's still, even today, like, it just doesn't stop. You, just, you can pretty much do anything imaginable within legal means yes. if you have the money for it. Exactly. And I think you're making a good point because up until maybe, you know, you're roughly guessing maybe the 1950s, 1940s, something like that. I don't. I don't know where we're. Putting, I think it was in the fifties. Yeah, we're. Not, I don't know where we're going to put the timeline or where we're going to stop and say, okay, after this point, that's whenever things started getting or people started getting attached to things and stuff. Uh, but like at one point, I think before then, prior to that, I think everyone would have possibly been considered minimalist because uh, there weren't a lot of things to have. Like, and and everyone had like a, you know maybe a, some some clothes that they could wear. Uh, they had like their home filled with only things that they need. That's the thing. I, I read exactly. in, I read into an article, and there's this there's this huge, uh, you know, movement of people buying these large homes. Like the square footage of these houses are just you know tremendous. However, whenever people you know they did a study, they used heat signatures to find out where people spent the most time in in these houses. Okay, which it sounds kind of weird. You made a funny face. Okay. Just you know, that hear, hear me weird. out here. Like a, a house could have maybe nine rooms or something. They could have the living room, the kitchen, the, the, the bedrooms and stuff, uh, and, and a dining room. The only places that the people used were basically their bedrooms and their kitchens. Like, they used a, they used only a, a small portion of this large house. 
and these other things. The dining room was never used. Uh, they had an extra room, maybe for like you know you know entertainment. They might might have had a TV or something in there. They didn't use that either. Like people don't use that much space. However, people buy large homes, and I think that that plays a role into it as well because people buy these large homes thinking that they have something to prove, and then they have to fill the home with things like so they have to go buy you know like lamps and they have to buy furniture and stuff i whenever you watch this documentary because i know you haven't and if anyone else is hasn't seen it either uh which this is a little weird but there was one guy that considered himself a minimalist and he had uh you know a bed he had a nightstand he had a lamp uh in the kitchen he had one chair and a table uh and then in the living room he had another chair and, and a tv like it's literally like it, it's it's weird to live like that, but he just realized, okay, I don't need all of these extra things. If I really want to like live, then I will take get rid of these you know excess material, and I will just live on the things that I need. Because then again, like someone might look at that and say, this guy's kind of strange. However, if he wanted to just say, you know what, I'm gonna up and move somewhere else. Like it's not hard for him to do that. He's not locked down. You know. Like, it, it, being a minimalist allows for flexibility in your life, and I think that's one of the appealing aspects of it, is that it allows you to not be locked down in one place. And that, you know, that's nice. That's a nice aspect of it, mm -hmm. I think. You know, because you always want to be, you always want to be able to, you know, you, you want to be able to, to feel that way, like you're not locked down. But at the same time, how many people do you know that live their entire adult lives on the move? Sure. You know, like, like in general... A, a human being looks for someone that they can live with, to start a family with, and to settle down. Right. You know what I'm saying? They don't. They don't live to to keep moving around and to like you know have two pairs of pants. Sure. <laughs> you know? Yeah. No. I think and that's everything. what I'm saying. There's, I think minimalism is an is an extreme. I think you know like the hoarders. That's an extreme on one end. I think minimalism is an extreme on the other end. And right. like in everything, right? You got to find you got to find the balance. I don't think minimalism is, is bad, but I definitely think that it comes with drawbacks. I think sure. it's the extreme oh. of, of the spectrum. And there's pros and cons with everything, and you brought up hoarding, which is probably the opposite spectrum. It's the farthest thing from minimalism, of course. But every single thing you say, oh, well, you know, those hoarders, they have everything they, that they could ever need, whereas minimalists also believe that they have everything they could ever need. So it's kind of interesting to see that, like, at these two spectrums, there are still some similarities between the two. But you're exactly right. Minimalism is an extreme um, because these people have decided, okay, this is the lifestyle that I want to live. Now, if you're someone that wants to settle down, have a family, meet someone and stay in one place, then that's the minimalism probably isn't the thing for you. But there are people that say, you know what, I want to have experiences in my life. I, I want to be able to live life, I guess, to its fullest. And so they, they don't want to be locked down. And, and, I, and I will tell a story. There's a story that, uh, that was mentioned in the movie that I think is really fascinating. Um, but we were talking about homes for a second, or at least I brought it up. And I was talking about how people have these large homes, but they only use certain parts of it. Like, as, you know, in their daily life, they only use the kitchen, the bedroom. They might stay in the living room for a little bit, but a majority of the time they're spending in their bedroom and kitchen. Um, so there's also a fad that kind of goes along with minimalism or correlates with it, and it's tiny homes. Uh, how do you feel about tiny homes? I, I think tiny homes... It reminds me of like an RV, right? When you go on a camper, like those mobile, those those motor RVs, right? Yeah. But not quite as luxurious. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like a motor RV is is more luxurious than a tiny home. Now I'll tell you this though. If I had 
if I had like you know like a like a summer plot of land or something, or maybe like a like a cabin, right? Like a cabin on the lake. It's not my home, but I own the property and I go there in the winter or something. Something along those lines. That if it was a tiny home, I think that'd be okay. You know, to to go there for you know short periods of time, enjoy the you know like the solitude and the simplicity of it. But I wouldn't be able to live there. Some people do. I've seen people that like make their homes. Yes. Out of that. Well, that's the thing. That's and you make a good point. If, if that's the case, you're forced. You're forced to have few things because you exactly. literally have no space. Well, that's that's the thing about uh, a tiny home, which is odd. Like I watch all kinds of tiny home, uh, you know, TV shows and stuff on HGTV. If it's on, I'll watch it because it's so interesting how everyone fits all of these things. They fit a bedroom. They fit a kitchen. They fit a dining space. They fit a living space a bathroom, all the things that you need into this small, compact area. Like, you didn't think it was possible, but some people really enjoy that. And uh, the thing with a tiny home is, like I said, it allows for flexibility uh, and it and, and allows for you to move that. Like, most tiny homes are mobile. Uh, now, that being said, you don't, you don't, you know, drive it down the interstate every single day. Like, you, it just gives you the ability to move from one place to the other and maybe stay there for a while. Whereas, like you brought up an, an RV or maybe a a motorhome, something like that. You can you can drive it basically everywhere and at any point that you want to. The tiny homes basically, uh, you 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 have uh, you know all of the living necessities that you need, but it's just a smaller compact area. Uh, and I guess it's a it is it's still pretty expensive uh, to get one built or to to buy one. But once you buy that, like the really? expense pretty low. It's expensive to buy a tiny home. Yes, I mean, well think of think of all the work and all the labor that goes into building a tiny home because parts of these uh you know little spaces have to be built specifically for that space like so it gets it gets a little uh confusing and also a little can you give me an example because i feel like it'd be more expensive to build a full-sized house right well the thing is with a with a tiny home is all of everything's tinier right so you have to get a, that's correct you have to get a bathroom that's specifically going to work so the shower's got to be smaller than a regular shower so it's custom yes it's, it's custom, custom it custom built okay, stuff that makes sense and so that's I see. that's why usually whenever you're looking at a tiny home people say oh well it's really small and i'm not saying that it's astronomical like these numbers that you have to pay for tiny homes and i don't have a, a price right in front of me uh, but it is more expensive than you would think just because uh, everything's custom built most of the time in one of these tiny houses uh, but so tiny homes is is one of the things that kind of like I said, goes along with minimalism. Um, but minimalism itself, like we said, it's not you know trying to figure out where to live or you know it's it's not about where the home that you're living in. It's more of a lifestyle and it's more of an everyday kind of thing that you have to worry about. And the two questions that they brought up in the in the documentary uh, to kind of determine and help you out if you were going to try to be a minimalist is you look at an item and you ask yourself, is this adding value? Uh, and then if you're possibly ma making the decision to buy it, you say, am I being deliberate with this decision? And whenever that question comes up, uh, deliberate just means, you know, you're, you're, it's done consciously and intentionally. So whenever you make a deliberate decision, uh, you, you know, you're being careful in the consideration of buying it and you realize that it's going to be important or it's going to affect your life in a positive way. Would you, would you say that those two questions to ask yourself uh, are incredibly reasonable, or would you say that that, uh, you know, maybe goes against the whole like being attached to material items and isn't very specific to minimalism? No, I feel like that. Uh, you know, it de it depends on the item, I guess. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've, right. I I have to put myself in a different mindset, right? Because when I go and buy 
Like today, I went to the store and I bought a box of Cliff bars and some pens for some work. And you know, like I didn't ask myself. I was like, "Oh, is this is these pens adding value to my to my right. life?" You know what I'm saying? But if I was a minimalist, and I I don't know, you know, it's another thing to think about. What do minimalists do for their jobs? Exactly. Well, that's the thing. Whenever you are a minimalist, do they work? It cuts down expenses, right? So I, you know, it's it's very interesting. I'm sure that they do work. I mean, you everyone has to at some point, right? Because you can't just live without without you know having some sort of income. Um, however, living with mi- like minimal things means you ha- don't have to make as many payments. You don't have as much debt. So I mean, like for instance, these two guys, uh, they I, I'm pretty sure both of them like lived in houses. Uh, you know, they had a lot of things, and then things happened in their life where they said, okay, you know what? Uh, I'm too attached to material items. Uh, you know, I'm getting distracted by these things in my life and not paying attention to the most important things. And so, giving up these things allowed them, you know, to focus more on their relationships, focus more on their, uh, you know, their spiritual health and things like that. Uh, so, whenever it comes to being a minimalist, I think it, you know, whenever it comes to money, worrying about money, um, it just, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not as important. So. It's kind of interesting to think about that, but those two questions, is this adding value, and am I being deliberate with this decision, you know, that goes it's with... A, it's a good if you're a minimalist, I yeah, think. Yeah, I, I think, think so, too. Uh, and then and also, I think it's good for people that are buying, are making big, yeah, in general, making big purchases, like right. important purchases, you know, houses, or, you know, like, like big pieces of furniture and things like that, you know what I'm saying. Yes, I mean, because it's not like you're going to go to the grocery, you pick up a gallon of milk and say, okay, is this adding value to my life? Am I being exactly. deliberate with and this Exactly, and I don't decision? think they do that either, you know what I'm no, saying? No, definitely not. There's some things that they definitely just kind of say, okay, this is, this is something that I need. Uh, but those two questions, I think, are pretty important uh, to ask yourself, I guess, whenever you're a minimalist or a materialist, uh, or maybe somewhere in between. Uh, but I was talking about how you said uh, we, we were talking about being locked down in one area. Um, and I wanted to talk about a, you know, a story that, that was mentioned, uh, and it's this guy. His name is A.J. Leon, okay? This is a fascinating story. This is one of the most... Fascinating. One, yes, exactly. One of the most eye-opening stories that I've ever heard. But this guy, A.J. Leon, okay, he goes to school. Uh, he's lived his entire life pretty normally. Um, and he goes to school, gets a degree, and he gets a job with this junior firm, okay? And so he... A law firm. Yeah, you know, law firm, however, whatever you want to say. And he... Uh, wants to work his way up to be a junior partner of this company, okay? And so being a junior partner of this company comes with, you know, a six-figure salary, a corner office, like wow. everything that you could ask wow. for, uh, you know. It's, Sounds like a movie plot so far. It, well, it, it does sound like a movie, and that's, that's what's interesting. So this guy uh, works, his, works his way uh, through the, I guess, through the process of becoming a junior partner. Um, and with the, pretty early on in his career, he's like probably 20, 26, 27 uh, the the main guy of the company says, "Hey, you you're gonna be a junior partner. I'm gonna make you a ju- junior partner. That means he's gonna get a six figure wow. salary as a, as, a, as a young businessman, and he's gonna get the corner office." And he said that he was sitting there, and he said, "You know, these are things that I've been working towards. Like this is something that I've looked forward to." But then as soon as he said, "Okay, you you've got it. You've got the junior partner. You you know you get the six figure salary, and you get this corner office." Instead of feeling relieved and feeling joyous because he got this position he felt trapped he was like okay if i accept this job i am stuck here i am in this job i can't walk away from a six-figure salary from a corner office it's not going to get any better than that i'm going to be here for the rest of my life and instead of taking that's true instead of taking that job he walked out of the building and he never worked there again and that is something like we're talking we're talking about minimalism and you know walking away from everything that you have right Uh, that's he walked away from what he could potentially have which is something i think a little bit harder than uh, you know, just dropping everything like and becoming a minimalist. Uh, but the AJ. What did he do after that? 
Well, he became a minimalist. He just started traveling around the world and living, like, basing his life on experiences. As we opened up with the episode, uh, being a minimalist, uh, you put more emphasis on experiences in life rather than the material items of life. So you apparently live life uh, in, a, in a fuller fashion. Uh, but the A.J. Leon story, I know you said it sounded like a movie, but don't you think that that's a little interesting that this guy, instead of uh, feeling joyous and saying, okay, this is the goal that I work towards and now I'm here, instead he felt trapped and he he just walked away from it all. I'll tell you this. This is my take on it. Here's a sure. hot take for you. Yeah. On a, I think he's a nut job for that. Nut job, now, sure. Now, let me explain. Yes. Okay? What does a human being do in their in their work when you get a job when you get a career what do you do you say all right i'm gonna do my best i can at this job i like this job most people like the job a career generally people choose something they enjoy as their career right so you choose the job to get to get better and to be the best mm-hmm. that's correct. nobody chooses a job to leave so whenever i'm thinking about oh what do i want to do for my career i'm not thinking what i want to do I th- you know I think for my current job I think short term but for my career I think long term and my man's AJ Leon just achieved that and he walked out but if you think about it he's a, he's so afraid of being there for the rest of his life but that's exactly what working is that's exactly that's what true. a career that's a good is point. You work I mean not for, until you die obviously but sure but that's that's like that's it that's the goal and you know and why couldn't he have worked for maybe ten years. Six figures for ten years on a you know yeah and then and then said uh, okay you know what I'm gonna step away from and this. now you've got someone you know maybe maybe he's a minimalist at the time of his job you know as best as he could be so now he's saving fat stacks that's true that's a good point right? because now AJ Leon's now he's got kids million like dollars right exactly yeah if if he's got kids then all he's gonna leave to his kids is like a briefcase and two pairs of socks like it's not gonna be that's a lot just, and they're gonna be like man I wish exactly dad I wish right. dad would have taken that that spot in the firm. So, that, you know, that's a good point, and it's kind of interesting because I'm sitting here presenting the story, and you sat there, and you just took a realistic approach to it. So it's it's, it's nice to have you there to provide that perspective, uh, but minimalist, minimalism in general, um, you, you just it's, – it's apparently asking you to, to help yourself and your overall health. Like I, I feel like in, being attached to, to things is not good, and minimalism is asking you to be attached to relationships, being attached to people, being attached to experience things, and so – through minimalism, you're imagining a life with less, and you're creating a life with more, uh, which is it's kind of interesting to think that you know taking away something provides more uh, in, in, the, in an aspect like that. I think that's a feeling or an experience that you're not gonna know. You can't like imagine. You right. know, like I can imagine what it's like to skydive, but mm. I think that's a feeling that you're not gonna have until you until you're like in it. Yeah, you know, until for you a actually few do it. That's true. Or almost, you know, or a year or more. Until you're really in it, I think you have. I don't think any human being can imagine. You know what I'm right. saying? Everybody, you know. That's a good point. Material materialism has been it's been like this for decades. You know, our parents were born into it, grew up in it. We were born into it, grew up in it. Nobody in this world knows anything but that. That's true. So again, you provided a good point, and I just really wanted to uh, because you know we're getting dangerously close to around 95 percent. And I just wanted to end with something that the documentary ended with. Uh, you know, am I being uh, kind of, am I stealing this? Is this plagiarism? I don't know, but I just liked this quote. Uh, they said, minimalism preaches okay. to love people and use things because the opposite never works. And I think that's a very powerful statement. Uh, and I, I think that's probably the main 
the main principle of minimalism. And I think that's going to do it. Uh, I think we've covered it as, as large as we can. We have really went into depth on minimalism. And I enjoyed that, Isaac. We that had was a, deep. That was philosophical. We had a pretty that deep was a conversation. Whole philosophical conversation that we just had. Yes, it was, and I enjoyed it, uh, and I hope you did too, and I hope that the audience enjoys it too. Maybe minimalism, or maybe this. Maybe you don't have to take minimalism, but you. The thing about minimalism is you can take certain parts of it and maybe utilize it in your life. And I think that that's what I've tried to do after I've kind of read into it. Uh, but uh, Isaac, I don't know about you. Will you ever become a minimalist? Is that is that a fair question? Uh, not fully, but maybe I can. Maybe you know. Maybe eat less candy or something sure you know, yeah hey can minimalize my minimalize calories. the calories that's you hey that's one I'm thing hey. that that is an area where we can all be minimalist in i'm pretty sure but isaac hey, isaac you know what I'm saying. thank you for being here today or not being here but talking with me throughout this throughout this podcast you did a great job and as always i enjoyed having you on thank you for having me it's always a pleasure no matter where i am uh, in the world. Yeah, whether you're in New York, Virginia, or you. wherever you end up next, you know, we can always connect right and we can you. always have yep. a philosophical conversation, and I enjoy it. Always. Uh, but that's, that's great. That's going to wrap it up for this episode of AY2K. My name is Quinn Eaton. I'm Isaac Bear. And you guys, take it easy. This has been All You Need to Know. If you have a topic you would like to hear about, message us on Twitter or Facebook or send us an email at All You Need, the number two. No, zero zero at gmail.com. Rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, and tune in every Wednesday because here at AYN2K, we've got you covered.